0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, April 13th. Coming up on the show today, your golden nuggets about Nashville SC and how important that win over Sporting KC was last weekend. You'll hear from comedian Trey Crowder about what it's like to actually be in a good mood as a Tennessee fan these days. But we begin with Josh Ward, who describes exactly what Tennessee tried to accomplish this spring. Did they accomplish those goals? And Nikomania in Knoxville right now. We are brought to you guys by the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. You guys know the entire story at this point. I've told you all about them, why they're award-winning, why you should trust them, and why their process will help you make great decisions. That's it. That's all you need to know. Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Normally on Thursdays, we talk with Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville, but it's Wednesday. So we're going to have you a day early here. So we appreciate your time, Josh. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. The new show, Josh and Swain, of course, uh, on WNML in middays in the afternoons. Uh, Josh, first of all, what what as spring practice is wrapping up for Tennessee, what, what what in your opinion was the thing, the most important thing that Tennessee football needed to get accomplished? And do you have any clue at all if that happened or not?
1: So I would say most important thing, try to figure out where you are on the lines of scrimmage because that matters so much in the SEC. So on the offensive line, you have to replace Caden Mays. On the defensive line, you have to replace Matthew Butler, some other guys that played, Jaquan Blatley and uh, Caleb Tremblay. But Butler's the big-time player, not to diminish what the other guys did. To your question, have they filled those holes? Have they answered those questions? I don't know. And I don't know that the coaches know. My guess is that at tackle, they believe they have not yet. Doesn't mean that they won't. There are transfers. uh, Gerald Mincy from Florida, JJ Crawford, who came in a year ago from the junior college ranks. But we also know that Tennessee has gone after some tackle help on the offensive side in the transfer portal besides Mincy and has not found it yet. So my guess is that is still a question to be answered in the defensive line. I just think they need more time, but they feel good about guys like Elijah Simmons and what he can do if he stays healthy. Amari Thomas, who is a year older and played more some last year. Latrell Bumpus has been out most of the spring with injury. That's not good. They need him. So it's so it's a work in progress. There's potential there,
0: but unanswered questions. When you look at the rest of the let's just focus on the East, because we know how good Georgia is. Florida, Kentucky, you know, solid teams. I, I'm not buying South Carolina re- repeating what they did last year, but they've brought in some nice weapons. Do you think that Tennessee has made up ground? On any of these teams, do you think other teams have made up ground on Tennessee and maybe widened that gap? Do you get a sense at all of where Tennessee as a program is relative to the rest of the East in terms of competition this spring? So I feel like
1: behind Georgia, there's a lot of Tennessee-Kentucky conversation right now. And I know that Tennessee has a we-own-Kentucky feel to it. But those games have been really competitive, and they haven't owned them every time uh, like they used to. So Kentucky has done a really good job with where that program has has gotten to, and what Mark Stoops has established. So I think that's the conversation, Tennessee versus Kentucky. And then you just have to respect Missouri as an opponent. I think you have to respect South Carolina as an opponent. It's also really late in the year for Tennessee, so we have so many other conversations to have before they play. But what about Florida? That I don't know. Uh, how, How good can they be at quarterback? If they maximize potential there with some talent in that position group, then Florida could be really good when it comes to Knoxville. And that's an earlier game in the season of course, so we'll get some answers pretty quickly as both teams will wonder. Tennessee's going to say, okay, at home, we need to beat Florida, and Florida's going to say, we've made the coaching change, but we own Tennessee. They were going to talk about Tennessee like Tennessee does with Kentucky and expect to come to Knoxville. So that's what we need to get answered, I think, to really establish how the pecking order could play out as the season goes along. So I think it starts out as Tennessee versus Kentucky with
0: both schools, Tennessee and Kentucky, well aware that Florida could come charging quickly. Did you go get any ice cream wearing pajama pants with any recruits this weekend? I did not,
1: and and I probably won't anytime soon. But I might be in the the minority in that <laughs> conversation because uh, the the spring practice conversation has not really taken off in Knoxville. The Nico conversation kind of has, and it got a nas- it got some national attention with him in town playing in the seven on seven tournament, and then the other recruits that were there there. But it's the new age, and uh, I I don't recall seeing recruits show up and they have appearances to make along with appearing at practice to see <laughs> the team but that is it and he, he's marketable the pajama pants are getting attention may get even more if he's trying to sell them himself and that is college football now and Braden, i said this this week i think nico is going to be a player that we always look back at one way or another with how yep. his career goes yep. and say that was one of the first players we really paid attention to as an NIL case study, because he is very marketable, he is very recognizable. He is a huge talent, and he plays quarterback at a. Assuming he goes to a program that is also trying to get back in the same kind of manner.
0: Yeah, what does eight million dollars buy you this these days, Josh? What 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 does that buy you? Hey, listen, I know that I wasn't marketable or able to market myself at. I might not be marketable at thirty nine years old. I'm. I i do not know how anybody that's like seventeen. Uh, mm-hmm. can do it but I think you're 100% right it will be the one of the things we look back on regardless of what happens because guess what he needs to be good uh, on the field for all of this to matter uh, you know m- cost dollars football it all he has to be good on the field for it all to matter
1: well Nico's performance in college could either be a market driver or a market corrector because yeah. if he yeah. doesn't work out then that kind of money will not make a lot of sense for other players Because then you'll hear, well, "What if he turns out to be Nico?" That could be a negative sense. But if he goes out there and performs yep. well, then that creates the demand for other highly touted quarterbacks, mostly right in yep. this conversation. Say, "Hey, I'm going to be the next Nico. I want Nico money." Uh, assuming allegedly, he's allegedly, the player that is talked yep. about. Yes, uh, I, I will say that he's <laughs> not going to be playing for free at Tennessee. He will be getting some NIL dollars, whether it's eight million or two million. It's going to be a lot of money. So, uh, I, I yeah, I, I just think he's going to be one to watch for everybody whether we're talking about Tennessee fans but non-Tennessee fans too
0: no question Josh always a pleasure man I appreciate it congrats on the new show of course uh Josh and Swain on WNML and Knoxville at Josh underscore word thank you so much for your time man. we appreciate it thank you So we had one of my favorite people in all of entertainment, Trey Crowder, a stand-up comedian, an author, host of a bunch of amazing podcasts, the Well-Read Comedy Tour, as well as new one, Putting On Airs. We had him on Fringe Element this week, myself and Aaron Dugan talking SEC football. He's a huge Tennessee fan, and I thought we'd get his thoughts on what it's actually like to be in a good
2: mood right now as a Tennessee fan. His answer might surprise you. I just think it's bold of you to assume that I'm, you know, buying in to all the the hope and positivity and whatnot. I've been hurt too many times, man. No, it's better than the alternative, for sure. It's nice to not be utterly racked with abject despair at all hours of the day when it comes to, you know, being a Tennessee fan. But I think, at least for me, I'm still wary of, uh, of the positivity. Cause that's how they get you, you know, they rope you in and then, uh, eventually it all comes crashing down. So I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm in perpetual, believe it when I see it mode with all of them, you know, with the boys basketball team in March Madness, same thing. As soon as Michigan came up, I was, I was texting my friends and stuff. I was like, I, this, this is it. This is gonna Cause I just had that, that feeling. It just seems like Michigan just does it to us, you know, uh, actually, when they ran roughshod through the sec tournament, like that's a great moment. That's awesome. But also I was like, well, now that they've done this, you know, they're going to blow it in the, in the, in the big dance, you know, cause that's just, that's just the way of things. So, and then same thing with football, they're like preseason top 10 or whatnot. They're recruiting. Well, they, exceeded expectations but see that's where they do better i think is when everybody's completely written them off and then they do kind of good and people are like well how about that they're not absolutely terrible and then when people start to speculate maybe they'll be like good or something that's when you got to watch out so you know we'll see what happens but i'm loving what's going on you know over there and i mean the baseball team i'm not as big of a baseball guy but i know that they're absolutely crushing it so And that I don't have a bead on them, you know, because that's not I feel like I don't have years of like, like with the basketball and the football team, there's patterns and trends. You know what I'm saying? The Baseball team being this good is sort of a a novel experience for me. So maybe they'll uh, buck those trends and take it all the way. I don't know. We'll see.
0: That was Trey Crowder, the liberal redneck, of course, one of my favorite comedians on the planet right now. You can catch all of his stuff all over YouTube, the socials as well. But we had a long conversation with him on the Fringe Element podcast covering SEC football this week. So if you want to hear Trey talking all kinds of crazy nonsense about Tennessee football, the SEC, the South, comedy, all kinds of cool stuff, make sure you check out that interview. Had a great time talking with him. Love visiting with him, and I think you guys are going to enjoy that, so make sure you check it out. Of course, the YouTube page as well. That's the Fringe Element podcast out every single Wednesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. It is time for your golden nuggets here on the show. The guy's West Bowling, Tim Sullivan, hosts of the Club and Country podcast covering Nashville SC. Phenomenal job every single Tuesday. Of course, brought to you by the wonderful folks at ML Rose. Your nugget this week, as we try to make everybody slightly smarter soccer fans, is about the win over Sporting KC over the weekend. The come-from-behind 2-1 victory last weekend. Just how difficult is it to go into Kansas City and win? Just what does it mean if you can go into that building and get three points from Sporting KC? Asheville SC, the first team to win in Kansas City this season, and when you win at Children's Mercy Park, it's a strong indicator that you're a strong team. Since 2016, did a little work on FB Ref
1: today, looking back at SKC's schedule. Only two of the 18 teams that have beaten
0: SKC on the road ended up missing the playoffs. So, of course... That means Nashville is going to make the playoffs. That's that's the statistical guarantee that we're giving you right now. (laughs) Just kidding, of course. But but certainly, Tim, in earning that victory, Nashville certainly did look like the contender they want to be this season. And I want to drill down a little bit more on how strong SKC is at home since you and I have now both mentioned it. Um, If you look at their expected goals for and against adjusted for the strength of competition, SKC was an above average road team last year. Despite that they still had the the third best home field advantage in Major League Soccer. The difference between how good they were at home versus how good they were on the road and the only teams who benefited more from playing at their home parks were Portland Timbers who were who were terrible on the road and basically average at home. So it's not not an indication that they're super strong at home just that they're very bad on the road. And then NYCFC who was elite an elite team everywhere that they played. Um obviously you can say Yankee Stadium might pro- provide some uh, visual representation of why they're so much better <laughs> at home than they are on the road yes. but looking looking at a team that's that's good on the road and then seeing how much better they can even be at home says a lot That was Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, hosts of the Club and Country Podcast, out every single Tuesday right here from the 440 Sports Network, covering Nashville SC as we inch closer to the grand opening of Geodas Park coming up on May 1st. Make sure you check out that show. Wes and Tim do an amazing job, and this team is really, really good. They already have three wins on the road, way ahead of playoff pace. So make sure you're tuned in every single Tuesday. That's the Club and Country Podcast. And, of course, make sure you're reading Tim Sullivan's work on clubcountryusa.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Check out the YouTube page as well as we're putting a lot of good stuff up there. College football, Titans, all that good stuff. So go check out the YouTube page. Subscribe to all the socials. Click all of the buttons. Share the products. We really, really appreciate it. Special thanks to the Kingston Group, our title sponsor on the show. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. My name is Brayden Gall. You can follow me, of course, at Braden Gall on the Twitters as well. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 444 Wednesday, April 13th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Brayden Gall, music by William Tyler.